Bushman Safaris is in uh, the Limpopo province. Is they it used to be called the Northern Province because it's obviously the most northern province of all of them. So it's quite a neat place. It's uh, about 22,000 acre property, and uh, they bought it in about 1982, I think. And in 1986, that's when it started archery, being archery only. So it's been more than 30 years. So we basically take seven to eight groups of hunters per year, and that's it. And um, and we only take one group of clients per month. And we center those hunts around the dark of the moon, so when there's no moon. Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast, fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrowrest, the bow hunter's number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment and their patented drop-dead brake system that eliminates launcher bounce back. Best of all, Ripcord is backed by their rock-solid guarantee. If the original owner has a part break for any reason, it will be repaired or replaced at no charge. And did I mention? Ripcord is located in southwest Montana, where all their products are made with pride in America. Check them out at ripcordrs.com and on their social media feeds. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Clothing and Hunting Apparel. Born in the Rockies in central Idaho, First Light's mission is to create simple yet proven versatile gear that provides comfort and performance in any situation while working to promote the pursuit of ethical hunting and stewardship. I recently joined the First Light Pro staff team and have continued to be impressed year after year in their innovations in engineering and merino wool fabrics. Ten years ago, they started putting out wool fabrics with camel patterns, and immediately this changed the game. Since then, they offer multiple layering systems and kits in various proprietary patterns and continue to raise the bar with their competition. Find them online at firstlight.com or under their social media feeds. Go farther, stay longer.
Welcome listeners to the RNA Outdoors podcast. I am your host, Lucas Paw, and coming to you from the trade show floor here in the Wild Sheep Show uh, in Reno and excited to be here. Um, you know, it's always neat to come back and catch up with, with old friends and and uh, talk about, you know, a, a species of animal in North America that's very sacred and, you know, and, and think about all the efforts that go into keeping wild sheep, um, you know, um, the ability for us to hunt them. So this is a great show. Excited to be here um, day two uh, and uh, excited to uh, open up this morning um, when catching up with Bushman Safaris. So uh, Bushman Safaris is, a, is an interesting outfit in the fact that they offer archery only uh, safaris over in uh, South Africa. So um, kind of interesting. It's it's not your traditional uh, safari that you would see at, at most of the shows. So um, I thought it was interesting to sit down uh, and talk to them today. So I'm uh, here uh, with Shannon, who uh, really runs the operation uh, over in South Africa, uh, and uh, fortunate to catch a little time here at the show to talk to him. So anyway, Shannon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lucas. Thank you for coming to our booth and taking time to talk to me today. Yeah, absolutely. So, Shannon, maybe um, just for the listeners, just maybe give a little bit of background, um, maybe about you, and then maybe talk a little bit about um, the history of Bushman Safari. Well, I was raised in a hunting family. My dad has um, always been hunting, and he used to do a lot of problem animal control next to Kruger National Park. And um, so, yeah, that's I basically grew up on ranches hunting, and and uh, so my passion obviously developed from a young age. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to have my dad and mom with me on Bushman. Uh, they help a lot with everything. So Bushman is um, owned by the Andersons of um, down in Boise, Idaho. And uh, Travis is here today with me also. Uh, Travis and Chris, two of the brothers, always helped me in the booths. They taught me a lot about marketing because <laughs> I'm, I'm a hands-on guy on the, on, you know. The boots-on-the-ground guy, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, through the years, we've been with them now for um, about, this is going to be our 12th year, actually. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's been good. And uh, so Bushman Safaris is, um, like I said, owned by the Andersons. Um, Roger Anderson, the dad, which is well-known in, in, in the hunting industry as well. Um, the whole family is also very passionate about bow hunting, obviously. That's why they... They decided to buy the property. It's actually three ranches, and they put it together and took out all the fences in between. So it's quite a neat place. It's uh, about 22,000-acre property. Okay. And uh, they bought it in about 1982, I think. And in 1986, that's when it started archery, being archery only. So it's been more than 30 years. Wow that uh, it's been archery only on that big pl- property. That's incredible. So, you know, and when you think about archery only, it is a bit non-traditional, uh, again, because most safaris, I mean, they have the ability to allow for archery hunting, right? But generally, it's it's the, it's the you know, dangerous game. So it's the 375s, it's the force, it's the big caliber rifle. So here you guys are promoting an archery only. It's interesting that... Uh, um, you know, you guys are doing that and obviously have done it now for 30 years and have been successful at it. Yeah, it's it's quite a privilege actually to, to be able to do it and to get the backing of the Andersons obviously to do it well, you know, and do it the right way. 
it's it's an awesome setup, I must say. Uh, my dad always tells the clients if they get to Bushman, they like. My dad always tells them, you don't know how lucky you are to you know to book with us, because uh-huh. um, he says it's one of the biggest secrets actually out there because um, of the way we manage it. We do it um, totally different. Well, not totally, but different. In the whole of it, of the operation, we do it different than anybody else in certain things that we do that nobody else does. Yeah. Um, one of those things is, for instance, if, if, I can, if you don't mind me going into it. Yeah, more. absolutely. So, uh, so we basically take seven to eight groups of hunters per year, and that's it. And, um, and we only take one group of clients per month. And we center those hunts around the dock of the moon, so when there's no moon. Um, and obviously the the quality of the hunt and the the quantity of the um, trophies and everything that our clients take is just unbelievable. Uh-huh. Uh, and and the ACI World Record book can vouch for that. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah. So the the dark of the moon, maybe um, you know, that's an interesting concept because that's always seems to be I wouldn't say controversial, but it, it's always one of those conspiracies like is the hunting better, you know, with no moon? It's always like I think about elk hunting stateside, right? If you can line up the dates of the rut in September with no moon, you know, like it kind of was last year, um, could set up for, you know, an amazing year. But um, maybe explain a little bit about your guys, what you think the advantage is to that, even in South Africa versus what we see stateside. Well, in South Africa, um, through the years, we've the advantage was, I mean, you could, Actually, before we joined the Andersons and, and being part of Bushman, they um, they hunted right through the year like everybody else. And they figured out that, hey, actually our best, you know, um, what is it? Like time frame? Yeah, or? time frame. Our best time, time frames are in the dark of the moon by far. The clients just do, does, do way better that time of the, the month. And they... They, they, and the success rate was like, you know, easily to, to see the difference. And obviously because our animals, um, I'm, I'm sure yours are the same. At night, if, if there's a moon, they, they go and they drink water and... Um, they're more active yeah, through the active, night. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that really makes a big difference. And um, like I said, the, our clients, when they get there and it's... We do hunts during the dark of the moon or during no moon. Um, the the hunting pressure and everything, because we don't hunt in between that also. We don't hunt 20 days of the month, basically we don't hunt. So the hunting pressure is at its minimum, but the quality of the hunt is at its maximum, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, that really makes a huge difference. Yeah. And to think about, you only, you know, book, you know, so many groups a month, because again, your window is 10 days a month. So, you know, there's technically 20 days out of the month where, yeah, the animals aren't getting pressured. Um, you know, that that's, again, another interesting concept, because yeah. normally it's one group goes out, the next group comes in, right? Yeah. Or it's multiple groups during that time. So, uh, again, just very non-traditional, but seems to work very well based on the dynamic uh, of what you guys are doing. Yeah, definitely works well. And uh, we're privileged to be able to do it. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. 
So maybe we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the species that you all offer. Um, I know we've got the uh, the list here, and uh, again, it, it seems pretty standard with a lot of the Plains game, but again, a lot of some of your, um, you know, Big Five game as well. And maybe talk a little about the species, and then um, what types of seasons uh, maybe be best versus, uh, you know, not as maybe good based on the time of year that you guys would have um, hunters out. Okay, well... Um, on Bushman, we have most of the plain game species on that one area. So that also sets us apart from some of the other outfitters that has to drive around the whole time with their clients, going from one area to the, another, to the other area and wasting time, basically, you know. And, um, but, yeah, we're fortunate enough to have most of the plain game species on that one area. And then we also have buffalo, so, which makes it nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, the plain, well, our species differ from in between the giraffes down to steambuck, you know, and everything in between almost. I mean, there's certain ones, obviously, we it's impossible to have all of them because yeah. that's not their the habitat. Uh, even though we have introduced in the past some animals that wasn't there, you know, before mm-hmm. or naturally didn't, um, wasn't in the area. So yeah, but um, so we have more than 20 animal uh, species basically to hunt on Bushman, which makes it nice. Yeah, there's a wide variety of, of species. So when hunters come out, they may have their focus target one animal, but you know there's obviously more that you guys can fit in there in 10 days. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the amount of animals and species that they see at a blind in a day. It's unbelievable, you know. That's the, <laughs> the the guys can't believe it. They're so like, speaking that, I guess talking maybe a little about the experience. So maybe you could explain a little bit about you know if if an archery hunter was to come over to your concession, what what would they be expecting? Would it be in a blind? Would it be spot and stock? Would it be out of a tree stand? How how what what could someone expect? Well, we we like to not. Um, limit the guys you know so because we know there's some guys that's hardcore walk and stalk hunters so we accommodate accommodate them obviously also if they want to we we do it you know um and but mainly our clients aren't out of um, blinds we have top-notch blinds that people can go on our web page and go and have a look our blinds are amazing we we really spend a lot of time effort and money into making it the best bunting area in South Africa. I mean, in Africa for that matter. Sure. And um, um, I know there's there's a couple of others um, outfitters out there that also does an amazing job. I'm not I'm not degrading anybody, but we really the the effort and everything sure. we put into Bushman is just unbelievable. And the way we manage it, like I said, yeah, the the dock of the moon hands, um having most of the species on one area, a lot of those things that really makes a big difference um, for our clients. And um, our clients, I guess, that's why we have more than 80% return hunters, you know, because they're really, we become almost like family. And we sure. so, my parents and I, we so laid back and just, you know, just relaxed. And um, it's just, it's the clients, they most of them says it's the best thing that ever happened to them. Yeah, that's neat. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, the obviously the, the brand sells itself, and you know if you can have a retention rate like that where people want to come back, clearly their experience was was very positive. So, um, 
Just a couple questions for you back on the species topic. So, you know, clearly, you know, I'm looking at a lot of the planes game thinking, you know, I'm sure your standard archery setup, you know, 65, 70-pound bow, fixed broadhead, is, you know, maybe a heavier arrow makes sense. But, you know, as you start getting into stuff like elon, kudu, and buffalo, uh, does that change the dynamic of what a hunter should bring in their preparation to come and, and archery hunt on your guys's property no the main ones that really changes the dynamics or whatever um is uh, the the old that you have to have a minimum weight or a minimum um kinetic energy of 80 pounds is the the giraffe and the buffalo the rest of our playing game species whatever works for you here in america will work there yeah whatever it's um and um I know in certain areas in America they um, they have a lot of laws concerning uh, mechanical broadheads or whatever. But I, I at least try and be ahead of time when I talk to our clients to figure out what what they're using and to try and just give them my opinion and and see where it goes. But most mostly I I just tell them whatever works for you, yeah, whatever I've been working for years through the years, will work in Africa. It's mainly the first-time hunters, bow hunters, um, that I really try and coach and help them to choose the right set, right setup, you know, to be, to do better, you know. Yeah, so More if someone system. had a buffalo on their list, I mean, they would likely have to have a little bit different setup, heavier arrow. Definitely. Um, heavier limbs on the bow to make sure that they would have the penetration necessary to, to put the animal down. Yeah, definitely. Luckily, then... The newer model bows are so amazing. You can't believe it, the technology sure. that went into them. But yeah, still, we um, then we really go into detail with them, the broad edge, the arrows, everything to make sure, and even the tuning of the bow, and, and even when they get to Bushman, obviously, we go through all of that with all the clients, yeah. but especially with the big five, because if it, the bow is a little bit off-tuned, then the arrow doesn't, you know, obviously do the the work as as well as it should sure so um but we've been very very um successful with the giraffes and the buffalo actually um and i guess it's because we really spend quality time with the clients making sure the setup is right yeah i think that makes and making sure they know the shot placement where to shoot the animals that's a big thing yeah that's important i can imagine you know a, a buffalo has probably got a pretty tough hide so oh. i mean i'm sure you know making sure you have you know heavy front of center higher front of center so you can get good penetration is important oh and the big thing about the buffalo and the giraffe is um their ribs that's so so tough and so thick and everything and the angle of the shot and i mean there's so many things that we spend time with the clients on yeah. but and um like I said, we've been blessed. We've, our clients have, have done well so far. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, Shannon, maybe explain a little bit about, um, I guess, the seasons. You know, I, you know, obviously you said you guys book throughout the year, but, you know, what, in your opinion, would be, you know, the best time to go? And maybe based on that, what type of weather could they expect for an archery hunt? Well, we actually, like I said, we, we only um, take seven to eight um, groups of clients annually. And we we start tend to start our, our hunt season uh, between March and April, depending on the rain pattern. But March and April, or the dark of the moon. Obviously, if it's in the beginning of March, uh, you know we might not hunt in March. 
because it's our rain season stretches from more or less uh, November to February, March. It, yeah. So, um, and that's also the season where our animals get babies and, you know. So, um, so we, we hunt in between uh, March, April and September and Octo- October. Those are the, the months we, we tend to hunt in. Um, it's hard to say which ones are better than others because <laughs> the way we manage Bushmen all of the months are really amazing. But I must say, I always ask the clients <clears throat> um, whether they, if they bring their wives with, for instance, or if they don't like bugs so much, then they, they come in the mid, mid-winters, which is, um, which is June, July. But... Um, um, normally our rat seasons uh, it's uh, end of March uh, um, end of April beginning of May or through May that's our rat season so that tends to be good time also for the guys that really are into hunting big trophies because obviously you know in America it's the same way it's um, and then um, at the end of the end tail of the season it's very dry again in South Africa because like I said no rain basically until October, November. So, so that time is also good because the animals tend to come to the water more frequently than normally. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It depends on personal preferences and whether they, like I said, don't, whether they can handle the heat sometimes in the beginning or the end of the season because it can get hot still, yeah. And in the proximity of where you're located, um, I know we've said South Africa, but maybe explain a little bit about where in South Africa the concession is. Okay, so um, Bushman Safaris is uh, in, in the Limpopo province. Is they It used to be called the Northern Province because it's obviously the most northern province of all of them. And um, to me, for many people, it's considered the best hunting area in South Africa, the Limpopo province, uh, all in all. So... Um, yeah, we, we are situated up north um, on the western side, close to the Botswana border, actually. Uh, so it's uh, the habitat there, it's, uh, I can, this, the range is quite big, so there's different habitats, which makes it nice. But it's almost semi-desert, almost, but not totally. I mean, there's, it's brush. It's, it looks a, a lot, apparently, like some of the areas in, um, in Texas. Okay. So yeah, that's that's more or less how Plains, it looks. but maybe higher desert type area yeah, climates. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not um, not totally desert. Obviously, there's grass everywhere, in it, but um, it's a little bit drier, which makes it good for the bow hunting also. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And well, uh, when it's drier, they may you know hit up around water. That may be where they they stay. So which makes it an advantage for a yeah, bow hunter. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's maybe talk a little bit about, I guess, you know, you, you've talked a little bit about the experience, but um, maybe break down. So I'm a guy looking to do a hunt in Africa and I want to do archery. I mean, um, you know, maybe break down, um, you know, what a hunter would expect. And I guess that could range from everything from traveling to the lodge. You know, what, what would they expect at the lodge for, for, you know, for food and so forth and stuff like that? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> well, firstly, I want to say from my perspective I wish Americans would use um, um, sources like the SCI World Record book and that more because just to ed- educate them more in which is the better places to go to I mean 
because you want obviously you work hard for your money so you want to go to the better places or one of the best places obviously so that's one thing we um, we wish <laughs> even if you aren't in the states I'm sure you, you guys do it but I don't know why people, it's as if they don't really do it for South Africa otherwise we would have been booked up in five years in advance maybe okay but to come to your your question so Bushman um after the clients arrive on Bushman, well, I greet them, I get them at the airport, and we have a nice bus. It's about four hours drive north from the airport. And um, so our lodge is quite comfortable. It's an older lodge. I mean, it's been running for 30 years plus, but we really upgrade it every year, and it's the clients love it. It's, it's a really a nice lodge. And um, so um, my mom does all the food in the lodge, uh, she, <laughs> our clients always afterwards they like. Um, How much weight do they average gain? <laughs> I honestly, I've, I don't know if there's one that hasn't gained weight. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we had a client. They first uh, went to Egypt to, to, to look at the pyramids before they came to Bushman, and he got a bug there, a stomach bug. I promise you, even he gained weight on Bushman. <laughs> so yeah. so there's, there's, no one's going hungry there, no, that's for sure. definitely not. And we use a lot of venison, obviously. And uh, it's the clients are just crazy about it. So, And my mom actually set up a little, some of the recipes for them to take home if oh, they okay. want to. That's neat. Yeah, so a lot of times they'll post, hey, we tried Lydia's this or that. Or, sure. But um, so... When the clients arrive on Bushman, obviously, um, mostly the first, it depends on what time of the day they arrive, but we like to um, to have them all come with the same flight, and we normally use Delta. So they all come late afternoon, and I drive up to Bushman, so, and we have a, a late dinner that evening. And the following morning, we we don't wake up too early, obviously. And then we... we um, go to the, the shooting range and we set up the bows and make sure everything is on target and, and then I go th- basically go through the, all the our um, trophies, we have a nice trophy room that I take the clients through and, and help them with and go through the judging of the trophies and just, you know Just educate them and, yeah, so they, educate un- they them understand what they're getting into Yes, and ov- obviously shot placement since our animals Organs are a little bit forward and low compared to your animals' organs. That's that's one of the biggest things, you know. Because um, if a, if a guy is a long time bow hunter in America, they tend to shoot where they know where to kill your animals. First time clients are easy to to tell because it's like point go yeah, right they here don't know, and then they, yeah. they don't know any different, right? Definitely, yeah. But uh, so I go through that and everything, and after that we. Um, We'll head out and take the clients out to the blinds, um, and um, <clears throat> then uh, mostly when um, what we do is in the blinds, the clients if they if they shoot animal, uh, we they radio us in, and then um, we depending on where the shot placement is and all of that, uh, that. <laughs> Depending on that, we come maybe an hour late or half an hour later. Give at the least. animal some time to expire if definitely. needed. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So, and then after that, we um, we retrieve the animal, take pictures and all of that, and then either put the client back in the same blind or one of our other blinds because we have like 17 different blinds. Wow. So, and some elevated and some pit blinds. 
and um, yeah, so it makes it very convenient. Even even if the wind blows, say from the south, um, some of our blinds are better. Uh, depending on what what um, um, direction the wind blows, also. And uh, we also use the ozone machines in our blinds. All of our clients, everyone gets the ozone machine, which works amazing. From, from a scent standpoint. Yeah, yeah, to help with their scent. And uh, also our, all our, um, the washing, the laundry gets done every day. And all of that also is scentless soap. And even in our showers, uh, there's also just scentless soap. So all of that to help the combination to get the, the most out of the hunt, obviously. Sure. And that's so important. I mean, you know, some folks will say, you know, scent's not a big deal. And, and for some animals, that's true because their sense of, you know, their sight might be better than their sense of smell. But generally, most animals, you know, can smell much better than we can. And, uh, you know, if you're not wearing fabrics that may hide some of that, I think like wool and some other, you know, synthetics, um, scent is so critical, you know, especially when you're 20, 30, 40 yards from an animal. So Oh, definitely. That's yeah. neat that you guys do that. Yeah, in bow hunting, it's it's a big time. And in our blinds, all of them inside are, are black, painted black. So, yeah, so that helps with the, the animals to not see our clients. Yeah, not see. Issue, but, yeah. yeah. Really neat. So looking at just here, it's your guys' flyer. This probably look like your show flyer here. So your guys' package includes 10 days hunting, you know, five trophies assorted, um, and maybe you can just talk a little bit about, um, you know, that hunter's package uh, and kind of some of the animals that are provided within that. Yeah, we just give a basic frame for the clients to work on, but we don't limit the guys. You know, it's a package, but it's not really a package since we um, don't limit you. After that, whatever you hunt, we just add on to that. <clears throat> That's just a basic outlay of, to tell you what you can get, and it includes the... 10 full hunt days and the two days coming and going from the airport all your food beverages drinks um, oh, the guiding service the do, your skins preparing them and taking them to a taxidermy and uh, so it includes all of those things and then yeah like I said on top of that amount you just add whatever you want to sure. take on top of that so. yeah so you've got like a, a Gimsbach, Warthog, Blue Wildebeest, Blesbuck, and Impala, you know, it's kind of that standard package. And then, you know, as a hunter wants to shoot a Kudu or a Inyala or Eland, you know, obviously those are all fair game if, if that's something that they want to harvest and comes into, you know, within, you know, lethal distance of their bow. So. Yeah, definitely. And our average shots are about, I'd say between 20 and 25 to 30 yard shots. So it's... Okay quite easily doable um, yeah. but it's still it's <laughs> the adrenaline that pumps and everything it's not just no question yeah it's not just shooting it's real yeah. hunting I've always said when you lose that adrenaline or, or lose that rush right that's probably time to go do something else yeah because I mean Definitely. even on even on gophers and squirrels and you know wild pigs we shoot a lot of those in california you still get the same rush that you would holding back on a you know a six-point bull elk so yeah it's, that's awesome yeah um shannon maybe talk a little bit about um kind of you know after the animals harvested you talked about some of the preparation but in terms of like the trophies and the shipment and the taxidermy um what would a hunter expect you know um you know if, if they took some game animals and they wanted to do taxidermy kind of how's that process work and the timing for that well, what we do is we, um, like I said, we do everything we can to make it as relaxing for the client and enjoyable as possible. 
So we don't limit them on taxidermy work and stuff like that. We don't tell them or force them to use our taxidermy, even though we've, they're one of the best in South Africa and we've used them more than 20 years. But we, we work, actually we work with three different taxidermies as a company, and of which one of them are here actually, um, the Wildlife Gallery. Okay. But, um, but we tell our clients, it's their choice. We give them the opportunity to, um, to see what, what our taxidermists offer. And then they can either do it through them and then they do all the shipping and everything for them. Or they can do it on stateside and our taxidermists just do the dipping and shipping, you know, not the mounting itself. So they can use their own taxidermists, yeah. Uh, but it's all their choice. And um, so, yeah. Um, Money-wise, um, if a client wants to know more or less what it will cost, I always, like I, I told you before before the beginning of the podcast, I'm a more hands-on-ground sure. kind of guy. Uh, so we always um, we can always get get our taxidermy to quote them or get Danny, our stateside um, office manager, uh, which does an awesome job. Actually, even also with helping the guys um, booking the flights, everything. She's like, she's amazing. I mean, helping with everything uh, in the before the hunt and after the hunt even. So that makes it also makes it convenient that we have a stateside office. Yeah. And then if someone wanted to have the taxidermy work done back in the States, um, do you guys get all that prepared and ready so that can be shipped and then sent over as well? Yes. What we do is we take the skins and the, the capes to the our taxidermy and they basically just dip it and it has to go through that process um, uh, fishing wildlife I think um, forces them to do it and then they ship it and it, on average the sh- if they only ship it it takes about um, half a year or six months to get to the states and everything done um, but if they do the taxidermy work it might take a year or so it depends it depends on how many sure. things and what they want to do which is pretty standard I think you know overseas if you if you have them done there it's probably you know 12 to 14 months and then the shipping you know if you have it shipped on an airplane or shipped on a boat depending on how you do it so yeah definitely that's probably about right Shannon if you could think about you know a hunting experience that sticks out to you maybe it was a client maybe it was um, an experience you know personal experience experience with a client is there anything that um, jumps out at you I'm seeing you smiling so there's probably <laughs> something that, that yeah, that's geez. interesting that's happened in your guys's outfit I tell you what through the years um, there were certain times that I got more excited maybe than the client after after harvesting his animal and great trophy um, but there's one one time that really sticks out for me. We had an older um, gentleman, and he actually the whole family came down to Bushman, and they had an amazing hunt. But he really wanted to shoot. He's top of the list, and most guys, the kudu is number one on their list, and that was the same with him. So I took him, and uh, when he when he got to sh- shoot his kudu, uh, and he shot a. A beautiful kudu, like a perfect, perfect bull. Um, afterwards, I promise you, I had to calm him down. I thought he's gonna get a heart attack. I really? was like, yeah, I was like, please, sir, don't die on me, because he he could hardly breathe. He was like hyperventilating, <laughs> but it was amazing. I mean, he, and then afterwards, he started crying. Oh, and that's it's, neat. Yeah, so that that I think stood out for me. 
like I mean it happened so many times that the guys got get excited and but that specific one I don't think I'll ever forget it and that really that's after that I was like yeah that's why we do this and, and I think that's the essence of you know why I mean you do it I mean you could easily be you know a hunter and do this and be that guy behind you know the release but you know sometimes the thrill of either your kids or you know your family members or just your clients is enough for you to get satisfaction you know yeah. out of success yeah definitely I um, when I was younger I, I was fortunate enough to be able to hunt a lot but now I, I get more satisfaction in helping other people, actually. And it's, yeah, I really enjoy it. Now and then I go and, but I like to hunt on other areas, not on Bushman itself. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I like guiding people on Bushman, but I like to go out and feel like the client at least, you know. So it's good, um, to, it's good to have that experience too, right? Yeah. Because you still yeah. want to have that adrenaline rush. Yeah, definitely. Um, Shannon, um, what other trade shows? I know you guys said you went to the uh, the ATA over in Indianapolis uh, last week, and, and you're here uh, in Reno for Wild Sheep. But what other trade shows um, do you all have planned for, for this circuit? Well, after this one, um, we'll do be at the ACI show uh, January, January 31st to February the 3rd. Uh, so we'll be at the SCI show. We've been, Bushman, the company itself, we've been with them 12 years, but they've been at the SCI show all the time, I mean, since the beginning. So, yeah. And then after that show, we'll do the um, the Western Hunting Expo in Salt Lake City, which is maybe my favorite show. We yeah. have so many awesome clients in Salt Lake City. And then uh, that's that's on the the weekend after the ACI show, the 8th to the 11th of February. Then it's quite a long stretch um, to our, up to our last show. In between that, we'll do different just um, private shows with clients at their homes and so forth, um, and meet their friends and and give meet and greets and stuff like that, and little presentations. But uh, the last show is the Iowa Deer Classic. Uh, we haven't done that yet, so we're quite excited to do it this year. And that's the two, the second to the fourth of March. And then I'll be going on the sixth of March. By that time, I'll lose my color and everything. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's, I really miss the ranch when I'm not there. That's sure. for sure. Yeah. Well, that's neat that you get to come out and shake hands with you know folks oh. in the in the in the business, and also you know be here um, you know with the owners and and uh, you know talk about hunting, yeah. promote what you guys do, and but I'm sure it's probably nice to get home too and and be back to the family. So yeah, even though I I love home and I love what I do, and um, I really am blessed to be one of the the few people that really li- loves what they do for a living. Um, I do like coming here. Um, even though I like my work there more, I also like coming here and seeing all um, clients. They, we like family now, basically. Some of them has been to Bushman eight times, you know. Even the, I think there's one guy that has been there for ten times already. And wow. he, he shot everything over and over again. Um, but um, he just he just loves it so much and he can't afford to come back so or to go back. But I also enjoy, definitely enjoy meeting um, new friends, like even meeting you today. Yeah. You know, stuff yeah, like that. Neat. 
Yeah, very neat. And hopefully I'll get to see you in Bushman one day, that's for sure. I think this could be something on my list. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get bit by the bug here in July, so I've, I've got a trip oh, yeah, planned. Oh, you're going already. Uh, I've yeah. got a trip planned this year that I've actually been working on for about the last four years. So, um, you know, depending on how that experience goes, I'm sure I'm going to get bit by the bug and want to come back. And I'm oh, an yeah. archery guy, so this, this seems to kind of fit my profile for, for what I like to do. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, like you said, if... Yeah, I think you have it right. Once you've been to Africa and hunted there, I mean, there's a lot of awesome places around the world to hunt. And I, I'm one of those guys that never tries to downgrade anything else, you know, or any other outfitter. That's not my job. My job is to tell the people what we have and make it the best experience, the best I can, we can um, offer them, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of awesome places in the world, and even Travis and Chris, they aren't all over the world, and really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, they they always tell me, well, their hearts are in Africa. So nothing so captures your heart like Africa. A lot of exactly. a lot of people say that. That's well said. Yeah, Shannon. So if folks wanted to find Bushman Safaris, um, what would be obviously, I'm sure, social media online. What would be the best way um, for someone to reach out and maybe get more information about um, your guys's outfit? Well, like I told you, what's really nice also about Bushman is that we have a stateside office, and um, so. It's easy to, to get all of us um, through the web page uh, www.bushmansafaris.com or follow us on Instagram um, or even Facebook. I mean, I me I personally, if I wasn't the I think if I wasn't the guide or a professional hunter, um, I would have maybe been a photographer because I really have passion for that. And, uh-huh. um, and uh, yeah, so so if people. Um, if people follow us on, on Instagram or so that then they can get a real feel to it maybe even and you know it might yeah then they might know exactly how it is and you know and that's so. I think the beauty of you know obviously there's the there's the goods and the bads to social media but you know good photography on you know some of the pages is I think tells a story from a not only professional standpoint but it also enables you know people most people are visual learners so yeah. if they can see what that experience is like, you know, through the website or through social media, you know, that may be enough to get somebody to want to come and, and, and hunt there, right? So Yeah, definitely. I can, unfortunately, I can't, I can't um, offer them the smells of Africa, you know, the the soil and all of that. And, um, but yeah, at least I can show them a little bit of it and share a little bit of my life with them. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. And um, the other thing is if even, um, we even cater for guys if some of our clients after the hunt they tend to bring their family and we we help them doing trips you know there's so many things in South Africa to do I mean if you just google things to do in South Africa or places to see there's I mean endless places to see and things to do there so we also do that Uh, we we do um, take people out um, and we work if we can't do it ourselves we work with a great company that does it that takes peop, uh, people on tours and photographic safaris and all of that. So, yeah, that's another thing we um, we offer to our, our clients, which is nice. Yeah, that's neat. 
Well, Shannon, I, I do really appreciate your time. I know time is gold here at these <laughs> trade shows, uh, and uh, you know I'm just fortunate to be able to, to carve out a little bit of your time. But um, again, I, I wish you well here in your stay uh, here in the states. It's obviously you've been here you know for a little while. You get to head over to Las Vegas, spend some time over in Vegas. So hopefully <laughs> that treats you well. Uh, and uh, and even beyond that, you know, just luck. Uh, you know, you know with Bushman Safaris uh, and. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, want to wish you guys well in, 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 in your future and, and uh, look excited to see more photos, excited to hear more about what you guys are doing. And um, I'll be at the Western Hunting Expo, so come oh, by and nice. shake your hand and, yeah, and uh, catch up with you then. And, uh, yeah, maybe one day come out to South Africa and, and uh, hunt next to you. That would be neat. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's so nice to meet you also, Lucas. And um, thank you, you also for taking the time and coming here and spending time with me and and uh, your passion for bow hunting really and uh, obviously what you saw what we were doing on social media and all of that and that really encouraged you also I guess to come and talk to me and I, I appreciate it it's very nice and absolutely looking forward to see you there in Salt Lake again that sounds good all right Shannon we'll take care uh, and uh, thanks listeners for tuning in and we'll catch you guys for another show on the RNA Outdoors podcast Hey everyone, this is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer.